This episode of the Pursuit Podcast is presented by Fisher Skis. Good morning, everybody. At least it's morning for me. I don't know if where you're listening or what time you're listening, but good morning. I'm a little groggy, and that's all right. I'm Mr. Adam X. I am your host of the Pursuit Podcast on the Alpha Collective. Currently in the Moab Desert, doing some mountain biking, and that's why my episode's not up yet. So if you're listening to this at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, it's because I am just getting going here. A uh, lot of exciting things going on. We have a new presenting sponsor for the episodes uh, for the year. So new title sponsor for me, Fisher Skis, which means I will be skiing on Fisher Skis, Fisher Boots. I'm really excited about that. Uh, the new Ranger series is fantastic. I hate to say soft, because soft is always such a bad, bad term. It's a no term, but they, they made them more playful. And it really speaks to me, the 35-year-old skier who still likes to rip, but, you know, wants a fun, playful ski. And skiing is supposed to be fun, so I absolutely love this new Fisher Ranger. The Transout Boot skis phenomenal, has plenty of power, and, you know, plenty of articulation in the cuff, so that... You can walk up hills, which I really like to do. Uh, so yeah, that's new. That's exciting. We also have another new sponsor that I'm really excited to tell you about. And that new sponsor is Rumple. Rumple Blankets. Uh, I've personally used a Rumple for the last four or five years. I think I got one in a subscription box. I believe it was Karen. You know, you pay... $35 a month or $100 a month or whatever and every month I'd get a new spork or something you know whatever in the subscription box but I got a rumple blanket and the big thing about this blanket is like they're built for the outdoors but I use them every day weatherproof durable cozy uh, you know they're made the same tech materials used by like premium sleeping bags and or active wear and my favorite, my favorite thing about Rumple is they're on a mission to introduce the world to better blankets. And they're recycling plastic water bottles to offset their carbon footprint. Uh, I can't say enough about these blankets. I mean, I'm sitting, I'm literally sitting by, you know, my, my make-believe fire here in Moab with a, with a Rumple on right now. Uh, yeah, I, Rumple blankets, check them out. Go to www.rumple.com. That's R-U-M-P-L.com. And use code out of bounds. Save you 15% on your order. Get yourself a blanket. And I guarantee you that this will go from your camping blanket to your couch blanket to your car blanket to your driving blanket. These things are made for everywhere and they're my favorite. I know, I know. I've got a lot of sponsors, but we've got a lot of brands who like working with us. So my final sponsor this week, a brand that I love, you know I love, because I've been wearing their gear for the last six months, is Mamut. Go to www.mamut.com, M-A-M-M-U-T.com. Check out all they have to offer, um, from bags to beacons to probes to show i mean we just got new shovels they're fantastic hopefully i never have to use it other than just taking my van out of snow uh my dark cheddar kit is absolute fire 
Check them out, www.memu.com. So sometimes guests kind of fall into your lap, and that's my favorite thing about this and about traveling is that you meet people, and sometimes the people you meet tell the greatest stories. So I actually met Iz Photo, who at Alta, we went skiing, and Kyle Tui, and they were telling me, you know, we, we know the podcast and back and forth, and they were like, hey, you should meet our friend Taylor. He has a phenomenal story to tell. So me being open to anything, absolutely, let's meet Taylor. And they're like, oh, you should watch this film. So before everyone even listens to this episode, go on Vimeo, and I'll leave a link in uh, below, and I'll post it on their socials. But go watch Bus Day. It's presented by High Fives, and it stars Taylor Martin, and it covers some heavy, heavy stuff. Uh, you know, some some mental illness and just not wanting to get out of bed. But it's reality, and I and, and is. As hard as those things are to talk about sometimes, it's reality. Sometimes we don't want to get out of bed. And sometimes, you know, we don't understand why we're necessarily here. So with Bus Day and this conversation with Taylor, it's phenomenal because he had a tragic incident, accident, that changes perspective on life. And sometimes it takes those things to get to, to realize why we're here and what we're doing. So I want to thank Taylor for telling his story and meeting me in the, uh, you know, meeting some creeper van in the Alta parking lot and sitting down and doing a podcast with me. So uh, here it is. I don't want to talk too much. Everyone go watch Bus Day and Taylor Martin, you're up. Um, I'm uh, Taylor Martin. I'm uh, just a local skier at Alta. Um, and yeah, I got run over by a school bus back in 2015 and yeah i've never done a podcast before so we're just winging it and yeah (laughs) did you ever think that being run over by a school bus was gonna be your ticket to a film uh no i i didn't know where it was gonna go you know i i thought maybe at the time i thought i would just be like a construction worker again you know but i mean right now we're sitting in the Alta parking lot, making a podcast, which is pretty cool. Um, made a film about it, and um, I'm a skier now, apparently. <laughs> I know it's been like six and a half, seven years, and um, life's completely different. Super cool. Yeah, so you guys created a film called... Oh, now I'm not going to be able to remember. Um, oh, sorry, bus Day. Bus Day. I was going to say Bus Life, because that's like <laughs> everyone says Bus Life. Yeah, yeah. But Bus Day, and... I watched it this morning and it's pretty real. Like it's not, it's not your typical, you know, I hear bus day or bus life or, and I think, you know, the, the bullshit van life movement that I'm living, I've been doing it for six, seven years, but like, this is a real film, 30 minutes long. Uh, everyone go on Vimeo and look it up. I'll put a link in the, in our profile so you guys can watch it and I'll share it on our socials. But, it's a serious film that covers some serious shit for lack of a better term. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's like, it's a, it's pretty complicated. It was hard to tell the story cause there's a lot of parts. Um, and maybe there's more to the story, but, um, yeah, it was just, it's the real deal. I mean, yeah, I got run over 
like across my waist by a school bus full of kids <laughs> like it's hard to like say it without laughing it's so just in your face yeah there's no there's no making that up like you got hit and run over by a school bus so we'll backtrack a little bit prior to the bus accident you were very into downhill longboarding right is that yeah, the proper yeah. term for it just yeah. like Ripping yeah, downhills, longboarding, skateboarding, skateboarding, maybe. basically drifting down <laughs> scary ass yeah. mountains. It's like Tokyo drift on a, you know, a piece of wood. Essentially, yeah. it's terrifying <laughs> for anyone who yeah. has done it or hasn't done it. It's the scariest thing you'll ever do. Yeah, yeah. But in the movie, you talk about like basically your risk factor and how you hit a point where you. You didn't care. You didn't care if you got hurt. You didn't care if you got hit by a car. You didn't, none of that, none of that seemed yeah. to matter to you. So was that just like, without getting too, too deep, was that just like a bad, bad place in your, t in your life? Like, was there just no. Yeah. I, I think a lot of it, a lot of it had to do with where I was at, just like with all, all, all my other parts of my life. You know, a lot of it was like, you know, a lot of my friends were you know, college graduates or like soon to be. And I'm literally like, I clean out sewers at the time. I was like, just like, we would rebuild sewer systems. And like, I go into a neighborhood with like a bunch of 50 year old men and like 21 years old, 19 to 22, really. That period of time was like, just, yeah, a lot of like digging shit out of the ground. <laughs> literally. <laughs> literally shit. Like, and I was like the skinny one. Like they're all like these, like, you know, beefy guys and, um, just the skinny dude. So they would like lower me down into this hole and like clean all the rubble out. And, um, yeah, you get off of work and like, you just smell bad. You go back to some apartment in like the really bad part of Atlanta and like, um, you can hear gunshots at night. It's like, it's kind of heavy. Like, or just some kids are like, you know, are renting some apartment in the ghetto and like, um, yeah, going to work five, six days a week. And then, downhill skateboarding with all the other remaining moments it's just hard to like balance that you know and, and feel good about things um when you see other people like being very successful um it's tough <laughs> yeah and thank you for sharing that because it it's real and i think it's a real like that 19 to 24 i deal with it at 35 some of my friends have giant homes and they're married with kids and yeah that's nothing that it's I like, damn, where but am I it's going? A, but it's also like, how do you define success? Right. Yeah. And it's like it finding that, that and it's really hard to learn at 19 to 22 or 25 or yeah. like I said, 35. And there is that like risk reward. And then there's like the, the, I don't care. And like with our focus now, it's so much easier. Like we, we understand that mental health exists and there are yeah. like, good days and bad days and it's okay to not be okay but i don't know how old you are and you don't have to tell me but like yeah. when i was 20 it wasn't as socially acceptable to have a bad day or like yeah i'm sure <laughs> it was just a little and i'm not making it's not any easier for anybody now this is a new thing like this is so new like it, but it's so nice i mean like, I, know, I know some people that like even a couple years ago were like anxiety is bullshit they're like it's not real and you're and like, like i know people very close that you're like that and it's like what yeah <laughs> I it's, do this every day <laughs> it's so and like i am very fortunate in my brain and how it works and like 
I'm very pretty good at like no bad days and always like getting up and like so cool. And like, but like I, I'm fortunate. I understand that. And until I worked with uh, one of the other hosts, Adam Jabber, who who battles with that openly, I having a close friend like that describing yeah. it to me and telling me is it's helped me understand it so much more. I've never been a denier. I've never like called anyone yeah. out on their. I just call them bad days. I think um, if, you, if you don't feel it and you've never really felt it, like, you know, it's hard to uh, believe in something when you've just lived this way your whole life, you know? Like, it's tough for people to look at other people's point of view or, like, understand where their life is, you know? Like, that's pretty hard. But I think we should. Yeah, And we definitely. can all, like... <laughs> like, I can't relate to how... And I'll just say Jabber because I know he's comfortable with me talking about it. Yeah. But I can't relate to how Jabber feels. Yeah. But like he's helped me really understand it. Yeah. And it's been like phenomenal. And if he would never talk about it and share his story and him and Drew Peterson just did a podcast and this isn't a promotion for it. Yeah. But like they good, they both film. talk the film was amazing yeah. and they both talk about their mental health struggles and it's like to me it's who someone who doesn't struggle with that stuff seeing those heroes, those superstars talk about it helps me understand it more than anything and like even watching your film like being a 19 year old kid who was i mean you talk about like bombing you know oh yeah skateboard runs on blind curves being like if i get hit i get hit and that's yeah there's at that point it's like you're just so overwhelmed and it's like you know what's the point of all this you know like i'm depressed where i am like gridlocked you know where i can't change my situation um and that's a could be an excuse but it was just like it was so powerful at the time and like basically like what are we doing here you know it's like you just get really overwhelmed and if you can't like see the light or like see that like you know they're you know just wait it out like or just try something just small different like you know your whole life can change and when i did do that it's like here we are now but like it did take a lot of you know, took a really, a lot of suffering to get there. <laughs> well, I mean, from, <laughs> yeah. from the movie, and I just yeah. met you 10 minutes ago, and I watched a 30-minute film on you, but from the movie, it's it sounds like this catastrophic accident yeah. opened your eyes to, like, this is why I'm here. This yeah, is yeah. my second chance. And, like, you literally got hit by, like, a full-size yellow school bus full of kids riding your bike to work. Correct? Yeah, it was, like, it was the dually tires, um in the back of the bus and like you know, I'm going down the bike lane and it's totally stopped like there's just gridlock traffic and I'm going like 14 miles an hour or so and it, the road is wet and the, the bus just turns all of a sudden like it's just like right there and I'm in its blind spot and I just slid like right under the dilly tires and it ran right over my waist like I saw the tires like go over my pelvis <laughs> it's just like in the moment like I'm done like I am so dead <laughs> like, were you conscious this whole time uh yeah the whole time like i didn't go into shock i mean maybe i did but i i was pretty like you know like i told them my dad's phone number and like i told him you know my address you know they told me where i was going and i talked to the you know paramedics the whole time on the way there it's unbelievable yeah and like in the movie you talk if it was a centimeter higher yeah. You essentially wouldn't be here right now. Yeah, it would have been, like, all these organs, and, like, there would have been no, like, good, like, you know, structure to protect them. Your, your lower rib cage. And like, a centimeter lower, you'd be just yeah, arguably paralyzed just, from the waist down. Yeah. I'm or paralyzed. Sure. Yeah, like, just, like, just my legs would have been just destroyed, I think. I mean, I, I got so lucky. I think, like, even the way I, like, 
slid under. Like, it couldn't have been any more perfect. Like... So, what happens next? Like, you're in the hospital. Yeah. What is your state of mind? <laughs> and again, you don't have to go, like, too, you know, too, yeah. too, too deep. But, like, what is your state of mind? Are you... You're in Atlanta at this time? Yeah, it's um, Grady, uh, Grady Memorial Hospital. It's, like, the second best trauma center in the U.S. And, um it's only five minutes away from where the accident was. So it was like, I was extremely lucky. Like they had an ambulance that was on another call in the intersection, just down, you know, a hundred yards away. <laughs> I got super lucky, like all around. And so they came up thinking that this is another false alarm. And they saw me laying there and it was like pouring down rain. Um, it was raining so hard and like, it was raining like right in my eyes. So I couldn't like, like just like blinking a lot, you know? And, um, but they were like, we thought it was a false alarm. And the, the nurse was like, holy shit. <laughs> she like looked at me and you could see my pelvis, you know, sticking out of my pants. And, but we went to Grady and, um, yeah, they like immediately put me in traction. They had to drill a, uh, a big bolt through my leg and I was awake through the whole thing. So like they just drilled this long bolt. They showed me the gun before they were going to do it, the power drill. And they were like, yeah, we have to do this. It's going to be horrible. You're going to hate it. Like this is gonna be really, really bad, and they like a bit on a towel. <laughs> it was like, you know, some like patriot type shit. <laughs> yeah, like it's just like old school. Oh yeah. Like yeah, <laughs> I'm just picturing like medieval, like dentist style. Oh like, yeah. Just it is what it is. It's got to get done. It had, had to get done. I thought it was paralyzed. I I did move my toes at the scene. I didn't want to move too much because I didn't want to damage anything. Um, but I wiggled my toes and like. Um, so I knew I was, you know, possibly okay. Um, but yeah, like they, they numbed the whole area, but when they did it, you could feel the bone vibrating and it would just come up through my body and like, you know, vibrate everything else. And it was terrible. <laughs> it was so bad. I have like these little pin, pin scars from it. It's kind of weird. It's kind of cool. It's insane. But then, so what's your recovery look like? How long are you in the hospital? And I'm assuming you don't have, like, the world's best health insurance. And again, we don't uh, have to get into it, but, yeah. like, you're 20-something <laughs> years old, and you're like, oh, my God. Like, I got lucky, you know, I was on my parents' insurance, you know, under 26 or whatever, and had that insurance, thankfully. Oh, home run. Yeah, I still had to pay, like, quite a bit, but, like, the whole deductible thing and not having a job was terrible, but... um uh, that's another whole deal. Like just like I worked at Subway when I learned how to walk again. Like yeah, I literally like just like figured it out. Like I just worked at Subway and like bid jobs for like the government, like for like other contracting companies like online. Um, but the whole like recovery process. I was in the hospital for like 22 days, I think. Like 21, 22 okay. days. It's kind of getting cloudy. It's been a few years now. No, no, no. That's. That's fine. I mean, yeah. no one's going to hold. It was 22 days, 23 <laughs> yeah. days. I can't, I think it was 22. Yeah. But, so what, like, you weren't a skier at this point, right? No, I, like, it's, you know, I think I, there have been some ice storms in Georgia, and, like, we'd sledded down, like, two inches of snow in my front yard. But, like, I never wanted to ski. I never thought about skiing. You know, I thought that, like, big mountains were, I would watch, you know, people, like, on, you know, vh1 or whatever you'd see like some skier come down all of a sudden it's like, Whoa, that's so cool but like i didn't know what that was or like a den setting or like whatever you know <laughs> so how do you get how do you go from like this like does i'm so baffled by this <laughs> yeah like, it's <laughs> you go from being like i don't know what i want to do i'm all my friends are quote unquote passing me 
in one way or another. Yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. I got hit by a fucking bus. I got pretty sad. Like, I got, like, there was a period of time where, like, you know, I was bummed and, like, you know, just sitting in bed all day and, like, the, the, the recovery process was really tricky on my mind, like, just to stay upbeat, you know? For sure. And I think the thing that brought me out of it was um, being able to ride a bicycle again, like, just kind of getting that victory, like, and then remembering how fun that is, like, the mountains in Georgia, like, there's no, you know, extreme sports, but there's great road biking. Yeah, beautiful like, road biking. Sick. And um, so I did a lot of that. Um, and, like, it took a long time to get to the bike, you know, but, like, I did, within, like, six months, I was, I did a 100-mile, like, you know, biking race, cycling race. Yeah, so that's sick. not that long. I know. Like, that takes people <laughs> years who are arguably healthy Yeah. to, like, to get to, like... Even just muster up the mental courage. Oh yeah. To go do a centurion versus like. Yeah. You know, the you're doing you know physical recovery and mental recovery to be like oh I can go do a century ride here like and yeah. So that's, I mean that's just a testament to who you are, <laughs> like and just figuring it out. But then, is this where the cabin comes into play? Like you just <laughs> see a link for a cabin. Well. <laughs> in the woods or like how do you start? This is how it gets kind of complicated because like. I mean, I learned how to ride a bike again, and then, like, I had always had, like, a opportunity to go out west, but I was, like, just super depressed and, like, scared, honestly, to, like, go out to Utah. And I thought Utah wasn't going to be what it was. Like, I didn't know about Zion or, like, you know, any of this stuff, like, the cool mountains in the Wasatch. And I didn't learn about the Wasatch for a couple of years, but, like, I went to Cedar City uh, through a, a family friend and, like, worked at Bryanhead for a few years and, like got a full-time gig there and that's kind of where it all really started and did uh, you just like put skis on and yeah. like this is it this is the answer because that's like my ski story i didn't start uh, skiing till i was like a little yeah. older and it's like ruined my life in the best way possible like i couldn't yeah. imagine like not <laughs> doing it i know yeah I, I didn't even really want to like i got there and like wasn't super stoked on it like i just wanted to like go for long hikes and like snowshoe <laughs> like i remember one of my coworkers walking around at like pretending like he had snowshoes on and he had his like his legs all wide you know and he was like walking like all funky and he's like why do you want a snowshoe man like you're at a ski hill like try it you know and i tried snowboarding and like i didn't even have like um snow pants i didn't know how important those were amazing <laughs> like just no there was no like mentor or like it's kind of a small mountain so like there's not a whole lot of like uh, you know, examples like here, like if you didn't wear snow pants immediately, you'd be like, Oh, everybody's got snow pants on, but like out there, you know, everybody's from Vegas. So yeah, no one has snow pants. Totally different world. <laughs> um, and you, this is where you find Telmark skiing, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, um, I saw a guy tele skiing. It was a ski patroller and, um, he had some leather boots on and he was going down one of the beginner lifts and he just made it look so fluid, and I just wanted to do whatever that was. It's like that's sick. Like, that's so but, cool. But then you got sold. Yeah, to like cross yeah. country gear. <laughs> but you did it again, like a testament yeah. to who you are. Maybe I don't know. Like, like I think about it a lot. Like maybe there's something in not knowing a whole lot, you know, and not like thinking about it too much. I yeah, feel like. But when, the, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, uh, I just I don't know. Like, I mean, it was obviously the, the wrong way to learn how to ski. But, like, I think it paid pretty big dividends in the long run. But, like, I think that, like, yeah, I don't know. It, 
I should have gotten the right skis. <laughs> like at the end of the day. But like skiing on an NNN setup is way different than it's crazy like hard. a hard boot, like 75 mil setup. Yeah, you like, have no control. I mean, so the fact that you were even like, like gave it more than once. Yeah. Is like insane. You were just like running lifts on. I had no idea what I was doing. It's amazing. It's like that's. Yeah. It's so wholesome and like refreshing, that like one you admit like I have no idea. I didn't have snow pants. Oh, I, yeah, no clue. I had the wrong ski equipment, and like in a world in a ski business that like I have and most people have, like we upgraded our new jacket because it's a different color. Yeah. And like, it's so even the gear you used in the film. It was so refreshing to watch because most films we see now, everyone's got next year stuff. And, like, yeah. you've got some Scarpas on and you've got, like, your old telly <laughs> setup with, I think, you have G3s on there. And, like, for me, yeah, a gear different. geek, it was, like, I loved watching it. Yeah. And I loved, like, other there was other takeaways, but I was, like, what fucking boot is he wearing? And what, like... I'm, like, secretly pretty passionate about gear, too. Like, it took a while, but it's, like, an aesthetic, I feel like. Not, like, that's the only reason, but it's, like, you see a lot of this old gear, and it's, like, it's still great. Like, yeah, a lot of it performs really well. And it's... It's cheap. Well, it's cheap, but <laughs> it's I so love... Cheap. Like, the Telemark thing, I could talk about it forever. Yeah. Um, I Telemarked for the last... I don't know, seven to nice. 10 years. Sweet. And then this is my first year going back to Alpine. Like huh. I haven't owned an Alpine boot till this year. Why did you do that? I mean, there's a, probably a thousand reasons why. My main reason was, <laughs> and people can, uh, whatever me, um, yeah. I was tired back to the gear. I wanted a lightweight boot, a yeah. lightweight binding. I'm 212 pounds. I'm not, I love walking uphill and skiing with all yeah. these people, but like I'm skiing with a bunch of skimos who are on nothing, yeah. and they've got seventy pound weight advantage on me. You can't beat it. And I, but I was just like, why am I? I'm already the biggest guy in the group, and I'm healthy. I'm good. I can like great. Yeah. But like, I need the advantage, or I want the advantage. Yeah. Um. So I, I got you know a pin touring setup, and it's great. <sighs> <laughs> I, I love it. And I still love the Telemark turn. And I've got a whole theory on why Telemark is dead and dying. I, 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 and yeah. it's, it's our fault because we're not consumers and we, we ride old shit that we buy at I know. You know, gear that's exchange the other side or of it. whatever. Like, that's the hard part. It's like you kind of mess with the industry a little bit. That's, that's tricky. Well, that's why they don't make new stuff. Yeah. That's why the same boot, my friend Maddie, she bought a boot. She posted that she bought a new uh TX Comp, the new NTN boot. Yeah. She's like, bought a new boot. And I was like, no, you bought an eight-year-old boot. It yeah. ha it's been in the same mold. It hasn't changed. The color boot, maybe is different. Nope, but... same color. Same color? Yeah, the boot <laughs> came out in 2014. Oh. And I was like, but that's why the sport... And Scarpa has no point in changing anything because half the guys skiing at Alta today are on old G3s oh, yeah, and yeah. Black Diamond Custom, which was like that purple 75 mil duck boot. That was like the best boot that they ever came up. But like, I have like fifty dollar TX twos. Yeah, that's what I have. Yeah, <laughs> I love them, but like, I feel bad. Yeah, but that's <laughs> but that's my theory on why Telmark's dead and dying, and it's a joke, and I love it. And Telmark's such a fun way. Yeah. Um, this is the first time I've come out west in a long time, and I didn't bring my Telmark here. It was mostly because I wanted to just avoid injury. <sighs> yeah. Um, I didn't want to. I've been skiing alpine. I don't have the muscles for telly and i'll yeah. come out here and ski way bigger mountains than i'm skiing at home 
and I didn't want to get hurt, so I just didn't bring That's them. Smart. But um, I st- I still tell Mark I still love it. There's I just think it's a tool. Oh it's yeah, it's just like skiing is a tool, and it's like so fun. A snowboard's a tool. Like there's <laughs> nothing in the world when it comes to sliding on snow better than snowboarding in powder. It is the correct yeah. tool for the job. A lot of the lifties here have made uh, snurfers. Yeah, pow surfing. Don't, There's like uh, four or five of them. My <laughs> listeners are going to be like, don't get them started on pow surfing because I'm like, that is all I want to do forever. It looks so cool. But it's the best. <laughs> but like, it's just one board, whether it's pow surfing or snowboarding, that floats on one thing. And skis have gotten better and they've gotten wider, yeah. but it's still two pieces. One can auger in and the other one yeah. won't. Or like, when it comes to snowboarding on like untouched powder, it's the correct <laughs> tool for the job. And like... Yeah. You know, sometimes when I'm skiing, like, tight shoots, I wish I had that telly turn where I could, like, just, like, yeah. piece it out. And, like, that, <laughs> it's so fun. It's so cool. But it is funny. I I, I skied here. I've been skiing here all week. And I I put a tweet out that was, like, you know, I skied at Alta all day. I didn't see one snowboarder here. You guys should really check this place out. And I got so much hate <laughs> from snowboarders. Like, I make the decision yeah on alta skiing or snowboarding like i don't make this but also like i don't care what you do just sl- go outside have fun or stay inside and play video games if it's that's all what you enjoy, it's all like, fun like it's but, all fun and games you know it's like it's just skiing you yeah know? like people get so riled up and it's it's supposed it's, to be fun <laughs> it's supposed to be fun and sometimes you know i did i did terminal cancer last week and i was like i saw that that's cool and i was like ah is this fun? Am I, should I be here? Like, huh. but it's so fun for the brain to like, yeah. Oh no, you're a good skier and you trust your skills and you have fun. And like, that's, but it goes back to like the being fun for your level of fun. Yeah. And like you can ski Alta with, you know, you can go do, do I do two by fours. And yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> and that, this place is like some of the gear you see is like, that stuff is ancient, but oh, they yeah. rip. They're People better than shredding. me. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So it is fun. It's great to see. Let's get back to this cabin. Where is this cabin? <laughs> uh, the cabin came in around the coronavirus time. Okay. Um, so I was a cook here at Alta, and I cooked for the employees. And actually, I think today or yesterday, like this period, like this period a couple of years ago was when the whole place shut down. Oh, yeah. Like it was like right now. Yeah, like almost <laughs> to the day. It's kind of cool, like to be beyond that now. But like, it's crazy. I mean, not the virus, but like just that moment. Um, yeah, it was two weeks. Yeah. It was like, just stay. I was in, I was in Tahoe and they were like, it's just two weeks. So I went to Moab and yeah. it was just like, I'll just like, I'll, I had the van. It, it we're still going. Yeah. And it was like, <laughs> it's but insane. yeah, they shut everything down. They shut it down. Um, and I had a truck and a camper and the truck was like so crappy. I didn't even know like where I could go with it. Like, you know, I, I was literally losing a quart of oil every hundred miles. Oh, <laughs> so you didn't trust it. I like, I barely, you know, I didn't spend any money on that truck, but anyway, so I, I, my family lives back in Alabama and I drove back home and I literally left the next day, went all the way to Alabama and it took forever to get there, like five days, but stayed there for a couple of weeks, like a couple months. And, um, then just eventually it was like, well, we kind of know what's going on, you know, like, and I just took off and headed back to Colorado and I've never, never really experienced Colorado. I was like, I've heard stuff about it, but I kind of wrote it off. It's like, it was too, you know, packed and, you know, there's a lot of people here, you know, like there's probably more people here than there. But, um, anyway, like I eventually went to the San Juans and like just drove through, you know, the million dollar highway, highway 550 and 
just took it slow. I was like, oh my God, look at this place. This is like amazing. <laughs> it's huge. Like I was looking up, like I couldn't even see the tops of some of the mountains from my, like the looking up in my windshield. And um, I kind of lurked around Silverton for like a long period of time, like a month almost, and just happened to see it on Craigslist. I just was like surfing Craigslist in a coffee shop one day and just saw it. Like it was like this little ad and um, it had like this like really poetic writing like the guy was just like it's not for the faint of heart you know there's no running water and it's like well that's really interesting and the rent was like, really expensive and um it was I, expensive it was like 800 dollars a month that's a lot that's for, a lot for like yeah a cabin with no heat and no yeah. electric and no yeah nothing and right. um so i like um i called him just because i was bored and he was super interesting he was like some guy in his 60s, he'd, like, worked with Hunter S. Thompson on some, like, art installations. That's amazing. I was like, well, this is interesting, you know, and um, he was like, you sound like you'd like it, you know, and, like, the rent's not exactly, you know, what I have it posted for. I just don't want anyone to go there and think that they can just hide out there, you know, and so I weed him out, you know, and it seems like you're curious, like, and you'd be a good fit, and um, so it was, like, 350 a month. Oh, that's and, amazing. Yeah, and, you know, I... I brought my Alta roommate out and we spent the winter together. I spent the whole first summer by myself there, like totally like doing a Walden type situation. How, <laughs> how far were you from reality? Like if you had um, to get to like town, uh, to get to actual groceries and like real stuff, it was, um, a 60 mile round trip. Okay. So not horrible, but not far bad. enough that you're away, not, yeah. but close enough that like, yeah, you gotta, re you gotta live. People are like, I yeah. always laugh. Like, you gotta be near something. You gotta, Even you gotta like Walden, he wasn't that far from reality. Yeah, um, I know. Or um, Thoreau, you know, I yeah, call him Walden. Yeah, but like, he wasn't that far from reality. Uh, no, it was he, he just quick hop, skip, and jump. He just chose. It's the same thing. Like, yeah. sounded like what you did. It's like you just choose to like live a simpler, and when yeah, it's it, not that accessible, that trip becomes. You make a list. You get what you need, and then you yeah. You're like you, it's not like you, you drive past a gas station every day. I know. Or, yeah, it's like, it wasn't so attainable, like, where it was super easy. Um, it was far, like, but it wasn't so bad. And, like, I I took the camper off the back of the truck, and I drove the truck for a little while, just, like, a lighter, you know, didn't need to haul the camper around. Um, and eventually I was like, you know, this truck is so terrible. Like, I just left the truck behind, and I had a, um, a cargo bike like, that was on the back of the truck. And I literally would, like, I had nothing to do, no job, and so I would just bike all the way to Durango two times a week and get all my groceries on my bike and then just throw them on the back and bike back <laughs> to did, listen to music. <laughs> did you have, cause you grew up in Atlanta. Yeah. Did you have this like wilderness skill set, or did you just figure uh, it out? I think, you know, my, my grandpa, like he would take me out in the woods and he would just like say like, how do you get home? Right. Like, how do you get home? And then like, he would like just quiz me all the time about that kind of thing. It wasn't anything hardcore, you know, but you, but like, I think Atlanta, like, yeah. Oh, this yeah. This guy's oh, got well, no clue what's going, like what yeah. he's getting into. But you were, you had some. A lot of my family lived out in like a more rural part of Alabama. Okay. And so I would spend my weekends out with them. Um, uh, pretty much every weekend, actually, growing up, we'd drive out there with my dad, and um, we'd just go walking in the woods and like. So you you were semi prepared. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't say I was super savvy or anything. 
It took a lot of dumb decisions to get. Yeah, and knowledge. you figure it out quick. Like <laughs> yeah. You're chopping wood every day. Yeah. And you're... Luckily, I knew how to do that because my my whole life I've like split wood and cut trees down. Oh, so you had like, an idea of what was yeah what you're supposed to do. <laughs> yeah, that part was really fun. Did you have like how did you know where to go? How did you like did you have full maps of skiing or did you just like um, I'm just gonna set skin track and, and yeah, get after th- it? That was the coolest part. Like I that was what I was really in there. Like that was the main reason. It was just to figure it out. You know, like. There's no, like, town of Alta where you know, like, oh, this is the trailhead. You know, like, you skin from here and just follow the guy who'd put it up at yeah, 3 in the morning. Yeah, follow the power line. Follow the power line, you know, or, like... It's pretty easy. Yeah, a lot of them are just already preset, and, like, eventually you kind of cap out with that, like, navigating skill. Um, unless you go far out here, but, like, um, out there, it was, like, there was no instructions, you know? Like, and the forecast was, like pretty good pretty good forecasting but like a lot of it was like just figuring out this crazy navigating like from our cabin and it's amazing it snowed in and like once my buddy cooper was there we didn't drive we would hitchhike or ride our bikes or like skin from the cabin when there was snow it was cool so how long did you guys stay at the cabin um he i was there for a year and a half and then he was there for about six months and then my girlfriend stayed with me the, the second summer what made you come back to reality Oh, uh, just like I needed a better job. Like I started working in Silverton and it was like driving, you know, a long way to, to work. And it was just kind of like how it used to be, like just a lot of driving and um, it was inefficient, you know, like life can be more efficient than that. And we got a camper and like just started, you know, driving around and um, came back to Alta because it's a great place to it's spend amazing. the winter. <laughs> it's, such a, it's such a cool, and yeah. I love that like you had the wherewithal to like, holy shit, the world's ending. Let's take advantage of it. And like, yeah, it was you like, know, we have this, you know, who knows what's going to happen next. So like a lot of people thought I was just scared and like took to some cabin and it was like, I wasn't scared. You know, I was concerned for when, sure. <laughs> but, but even if you were like, scared, cool shit it's anymore. like, if I, you know, if we could all go back two years and like, if we knew, like there were days I just like, I didn't leave the house cause they were telling me not to, which like, again, yeah. I was trying to be, good like i was trying to listen but like could have went for walks every day and i did but like there was a point where it was like do not go outside do not don't go for a walk like don't go so like you had the cheat code whether or not you knew it or not was like get a fucking cabin in the woods yeah yeah. and like you're just forced into like into like this like not society but like this just it just form yeah it forced a a good way of being like it's simple deal you know and it's crazy that how your brain goes, what people are <laughs> yeah. like, but people are like, what did you do? Weren't like, you got to figure it out. You but know? like you spend hours a day chopping wood <laughs> Yeah, that was and all like I did. <laughs> getting water and like, but those are all things that are just so fast and immediate in our yeah. normal life that like, you know, it's cold. Oh, you press the heater or you click a remote and the, the fireplace turns yeah. on. And, and you, like, you don't like literally don't even think about it. You, you pause what you're doing when you go into a room and you find the light switch. Yeah. Like I think about that a lot now. Like, I don't even, sometimes I just go into a room when it's dark and like, I still will turn my headlamp on or like my phone light. That's amazing. And it's like the weirdest thing, you know, like instead of like pausing and finding the Right. But it's just what, I mean, it's how you lived and it's still recent that you were living that. Yeah. How does the Hard Rock 100 come into this? So the Hard Rock 100 is a ultra running race done in the summer in Silverton, correct? Super pretty route. I mean, it might be one of the best 100 mile ultra marathons. But it's super technical it's pretty technical in the summer it's there's a it's mostly trail i think there's a good chance you can get lost at points 
Um, I've done a lot of parts now in the summer. Like the second summer, I went back and like looked at some of the parts. A lot of it was on site when I skied it, but like, um, yeah, I like I. It's super aesthetic. It's super high elevation for the floor forty eight. What was the motivation for this? Like, was it like, hey, we're making a film. We need like a, a uh, thing. It was definitely like a good like catalyst. You know, yeah, like, it, I, the idea it, to do it was there already. It was a lot like just big dreams. You know, yeah, because it a lot of time to do. No it. one really does it. It's not a thing that people do no. in the winter. Like, <laughs> no, it should be. be you're like arguably a, one of if not the first and only person to have done it in the winter. There were, there were these three, uh, four guys. Um, and one of them is, uh, a local here, but, um, they went out and did it in four days and they, that was where I saw their video on YouTube. It was like just this random video from like 2011. And, um, they would stop in each town and do it kind of like a hut route. And, um, which is such a cool idea. Like in the spring that like more people should try that. Like when it's a little more stable, I mean, if they can think that they can do it, like it's pretty cool, but like they went and did it and, you know, stayed at hotels and did it in like four days. Um, and you did it in two days. It was like, uh, just under three. Yeah. It was like, seven, but like exactly you didn't sleep hours. in hotels. You didn't, you slept like an hour. <laughs> I slept in a van just like this for like one hour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like the best one hour of my life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I, you know, the motivation for it was just like, um, I love doing that kind of stuff. Like being in the mountains for a long period of time. It's like just doing what you love for more time. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> you know? I like those long missions too. Cause I feel like some shorter missions are even harder. Cause you know, yeah. there's a finish line in like an hour. Yeah. I fell apart like... towards the end and I think that's how it is with a lot of them. You're like, oh, I'm almost done, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but it's. When you're doing those long ones, you one you go through like this roller coaster emotions, and I think the movie does a really good job. And you filmed yeah. a lot of that yourself, <laughs> yeah. which is even harder when you're like sad and like frustrated. And oh yeah. To like, I gotta film this. Like, yeah, there's know. a lot that I should have filmed and I didn't, and I kind of regret it. But like, it's all good. We got some good stuff. But like, yeah, I mean, a lot of that was just like had to film it you know yeah that's it's part of it it's yeah. part of being part of a film project <laughs> yeah and like the part you have a, yeah at one point you have a whip it which is like for anyone who doesn't know is like a black diamond pole with like a little like it's cardinals on the end it's, it's super it's, fragile yeah it's for like <laughs> emergency if you're like trying to stop yourself from yeah. sliding down like the leverage doesn't really work for ice yeah it's, it's not, not a, it's not for ice climbing you and then you have just like a straight <laughs> climbing ice axe yeah. but not like an ice climbing axe which is a huge difference yeah yeah and you're like traversing this ice wall like yeah yeah i was stressed i was stressed watching it and i was like all i was thinking about was like he, he was filming this like he had to <laughs> consciously be like all right i have to film this right now and like that it's it's different than just doing it by yourself for yeah. yourself yeah i did sit there for a while and look at it uh but there was uh, like it was gonna be a hard deal i thought about trying to knock it down but it was just huge. Like, I don't know how I would have done that. Like, it, it was pretty rotten. I was like, maybe I can, like, walk back and find a rock and, like, start knocking it down. But um, I tried to traverse it uh, lower down, but it was just so exposed. Like, there was no purchase. Like, it was just, like, soft snow and then just, like, like slab. You know, yeah. slab rock. There's no... Nothing holding the snow on. <laughs> so, and you're by yourself and you're delirious and you're, like, so trying tired. to make yeah. conscious decisions. And... It, was, it was, like, the second day and um i was gonna quit like i was actually trying to quit and um 
Did you have a way to quit? Like, did you have a sat phone or? Oh, uh, there was no like pulling me out of the mountains. Um, but I could have like told them like, Hey, I'm done. And I kind of alluded to that, I think in a text, but, um, via, um, I forget the name of the device right now, but it wasn't a very good one. It was okay. like, it was pretty spotty with actually tracking me, um, which is sketchy, but, um, I was going to tell them when I got there, like, Hey guys, I'm sorry, but I just can't go. I can't go anymore. Like, and I was pretty bummed about that, but content, you know, but I just finally decided I have to try to traverse this thing. Cause I can't, I don't have the energy to go the other, the other direction. Like, yeah, like, it's fight or flight. It's yeah. Point. Yeah. And I mean, you're going into like your a, it's like cliffed out mountains, the whole highway length. Like there's no easy bail through there. It's literally just, you got to do it, you know? Um, if I was fresh, I could have just gone all the way back to Engineer Mountain. It would have been a whole another day and then skied probably all the way back to Silverton, which would have been insane. It would have been like going all the way to Telluride and yeah. then some. It would have <laughs> like, been like an insane ski ride, but... Uh, it would have been maybe safer, maybe not. I'm not sure, but I, I it was a quick traverse and just took it easy, you know, really slow and... Yeah, I got to film the whole thing. It, yeah, it's it's wild to watch. And again, I'm yeah. just gonna tell everyone to keep watching this because it's <laughs> yeah, everyone needs to go watch it. It's called Bus Day. It's on Vimeo. Um, you just did the whirl, right? Yeah, yeah. Explain that. Explain what it is to people who don't know what it is, and then like why? Like why? <laughs> like that's and I I said it to you before Good we question. started recording, but I love that. I love the why. You know, yeah. like why. And I ask it about everything. Someone says they're a Telmark scan. I'm like, why? Why would you do that? It's the worst way to get down the hill. No. <laughs> so what's the Whirl? Tell everyone what that is. Um, so the Whirl is the Wasatch Ultimate Ridge link up, and it's pretty famous in the Salt Lake area. I'm not sure if a lot of people outside of this area really know much about it, but it's like a big locals challenge. Um, and it starts down at Ferguson Canyon down on Wasatch Boulevard, like way down in the valley. And you come all the way up and around and to the top of the Twin Peaks, which is the first set of peaks um, along the whole ridge line for Little Cottonwood Canyon. And you basically just follow that ridge and summit every peak between there and Lone Peak, which is crazy because when you're on top of tw the Twin Peaks, you look across the way and you can see it. It's right there. Like, it's pretty close. Yeah, and, as a crow flies, it's close. Yeah, it's pretty close. But that's the hardest part, I think, is you get up there and you realize, like, dang. I just summited Mount Shasta and now I'm looking over and I have to go all the way over there, but I can't go to it. You gotta go down. <laughs> I gotta go along all these exposed ridges and it's a knife ridge for, and loose and, um, yeah, it was terrifying. Did you, how, did you do it in the winter or summer? It was a winter. It was first winter deal. Um, people have skied it, uh, but they've never really stuck to the route. And I thought it'd be really cool to try to do it that way. And like, I'm a, you know, a backcountry skier. Like I love to ski. And so it was fun for me to like put them away and try to see if I could still do something in the winter. Like if I could still travel in the mountains. So what were you, did you have snowshoes or wearing like yeah. a mountaineering boot, snowshoes and a, like, and a just Garpa boot or something? Um, yeah. They were like some pretty old double boots. Um, yeah. I saw you post a picture. <laughs> You're pretty like re my like relics. Like, did you just buy them used? <laughs> yeah. I literally like a week beforehand walked into the gear room and <sighs> I love this so much. The guy was like, Oh, double boots, huh? Like, what are you trying to do? And I was like, I don't know, maybe Denali someday. <laughs> I just like made up a story. Yeah. You didn't want to tell him you're doing the world trail. Cause he I mean, wouldn't sell them to you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. Oh yeah. 
he just would look at me. I think they just shake their head, you know, like, of course you're going to try that. But like, you know, no one does that. But it's so refreshing to see and hear someone like yourself. Like you walked into a, <clears throat> like you, you just lived within your means and you didn't go out and buy brand new gear and like yeah, you got expensive. what you got and like, <laughs> and you did it and you were fine. Yeah. But I yeah. think that's important for people to hear because, you know, this, this podcast will have three ads on it. And like, yeah. we're always like, sell, 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 buy, buy, buy. And yeah. like, you know, we like to stay true with the, the sponsors we work with and that yeah. helps us travel and get more interviews. So like, it's, you know, you got to eat, but like, you don't always need the newest stuff. No. And like, you don't like it, our sponsors gear. Some of it is used at gears at the gear room, you know, nice. and like, yeah. like, but that's like, it's the beauty that's of it. the point and like this is like we <laughs> preach all this bullshit about like recycle and reuse and like we th including myself yeah. and we throw so much out and like you know we'll get new boots when like our boots were new last year like no. they finally fit me <laughs> they finally fit well and now <laughs> yeah. i'm gonna get another pair like start over what? again <laughs> so it's so rad to see someone like yourself who's doing like real shit it's my ethos it's like I want everyone to know that, like, it's possible. Like, yeah, it's epic, but, like, you, I mean, you can work into something pretty epic on a pretty tight budget. I think these two guys went to, like, they went into, like, the Himalayas, and they got the, I don't, I'm going to butcher it, but it's, like, the, you know, Mountaineering Award of the Year for, like, Greatest Climb, and their budget was, like, two grand. Yeah, it's And, amazing. like, people are like, oh, you need $50,000, you need a guide, and it's, like, you just need a lot of knowledge and, like, passion. And then, like, to know what gear you need and, like, be really careful about how you spend your money. <laughs> it's, it's so cool and it's so refreshing to hear because it's just, like, especially with a film. Like, you have a, you have a 30-minute feature film and, like, we t I talked about it already, but, like, your gear isn't the best. It isn't the top of the line. It isn't yeah. next year's boot that we get a glimpse of. And, like, you just said you did the World Trail on, like you know, old used boots that you bought a week before the thing. And... Yeah, they had, like, some holes in them. I just wanted my feet to stay warm like, right. and, like, not wet. They ended up getting a little wet by the end, but it's, like, it's all good. It was, like, going to be done. It's almost <laughs> inevitable at that point anyway yeah. when you're doing something like that. But so how did – I don't want to keep you too, too long. Um, yeah. How did this film come about? Was it your idea? Were you like, hey, I think I want to make a film. I want to call it Bus Day. I think my story's important. And I don't mean this is like, you know, your ego's like, everyone needs to hear my story. But like, was this your idea? Uh, I know you worked with High Fives. Roy's a good friend of mine. So yeah, we love right him. On. And he tells stories that I think need to be heard. <laughs> um, yeah. But where did this idea come from? Like, what, how did it happen? Oh, well, um, Kyle and I, um, the producer of the film, we were both working at the Snow Pine, and it was like just some lunch break type deal, or like I don't, we were in a, like in the break room, and um, I just told him my story, and then he didn't be like he remembered it, and like he remembered the story, like a lot of people like like oh that's cool, you know whatever, you know, but he like thought it was important, and um, a couple years later, like just hit me up about a film, and um, it just kind of snowballed. I was like you know it would be kind of cool to do a film, and I think it was mostly about the cabin at that point like because i was just in a pretty cool place and um an aesthetic cabin and do some powder skiing and um but i got kind of serious and i was doing like a little bit of soul searching with life anyway and um 
it's like, I have a story to tell. Like if I don't know who's going to be interested, but like, I hope it would help someone, you know, like get someone off, you know, their ass and like get them out in the mountains, you know? And, um, it just snowballed. Yeah. It became this other thing. Was it, was it weird for you to like, cause again, and I said it in the beginning of this, you, you talk about some real shit, some like depression, some like, not necessarily knowing why you exist or if you're it's supposed to, talk to be about here. that stuff. Like, cause you, I mean, again, it's a film and like, but like you had to open up and you seem very comfortable once you got on the camera. And again, that it's a film, it's finished. So like, yeah, I didn't see... there's, I mean, it took, and I'm not great at all this stuff. Like, it's like, I'm still anxious in this moment, you know, like it's just how it is. And like to get the story out there, it's like, all right, we're going to do it, you know? And it's like, it's a good cause. It's like, you just got to do it, you know, and you got to figure out how to do it. And I think that's like, yeah, it, it was like pretty hard. It's pretty hard to do, but like, um, it's just important to me, you know, to get it out there at this point. You released it. When did it come out? February or did it, did it get released locally soon? Oh, uh, it was like right in the beginning of March. Okay. Um, but like at the end of February, we did like some locals, um, premiere here at the lady. How was that for you? It was cool. It was kind of like a, like a dream come true. I'd remembered, um, I don't want to say it like that, but like, it, it was still amazing. Like, um, cause I remember like seeing like the Mike Lebecki films and like that guy really inspired me a lot. And like, it was cool to like be standing in that same spot and like hopefully doing the same for some younger people in the room. Um, just to like, you know, some new lifties or something. Cause I was a new lifty then. And like watching the film, his films and his like clips and I'm like, Whoa, this guy's in- incredible. Like, um, so for me, that was like, it was pretty cool to like be in those shoes and like, yeah. And it's, it's a phenomenal story. It's a phenomenal film. Uh, Kyle and is did a great job of storytelling yeah, and you did a great job of, you know, you're the main character. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, unfortunately you had to go through all those things to get there to tell the story, but it really is like, I think it's nice for people to hear, you know, we mentioned Drew Peterson. Um, like, yeah, it's, we're it's, it's all, refreshing. we're all struggling sometimes and we're all, and maybe it's not even a, it's just like a purpose. Like, what am I, like I have it and I ski every day and it's like, should I be doing something else? And it's like, no, I think I'm okay. Like I, I contribute, I think to society yeah. a little bit. And like, so it is so nice to watch it. You know, I watched it this morning and I was like, this is nice. Like this is relatable. <laughs> this is good. It's wholesome. It's real. Yeah. It's not ski porn. There's some ski porn in it, which is nice. Yeah. There's, there's good skiing, some in, it. skiing in it. And like, it was just a great story. So thank you for sharing it. And thank you for, taking you know 48 minutes to hop on the podcast and tell your story privileged to be here uh is there anyone you want to thank where can people follow you on instagram i know that's a weird thing but it's a thing (laughs) yeah um yeah this is kind of anyone you want to thank where to follow you on instagram and i mean you know where to watch the film really yeah i mean i have tons of people to thank i mean kyle and especially kyle for you know remembering my story and like getting it out there like wanting to being motivated and um sponsors of course like um high fives and you know big agnes and you know fat tire like it's kind of a joy knowing that companies want to be a part of it and um thank you for having me here absolutely um a lot of the people at alta um who've just like pushed me in the right direction um this guy named warren williams has really helped me out a lot um and you know just like the yeah there's a lot of my instagram is um 
Taylor Ward Martin at um, you know Instagram. Instagram. <laughs> I've never done we'll, that before. We'll tag it. It's weird. Uh, it is weird. We'll put you in there. We'll yeah, put yeah. you in your notes. It's just Taylor Ward Martin. Uh, my final question is, what's next? Do you have anything um, planned? Are you thinking yeah. of anything? Another film? Uh, some personal journeys? What is next for Taylor? Oh, I'm going to do a bunch of climbing this summer, hopefully. Um, go to the Wind Rivers and um, probably climb over... I want to climb like the Keeler Needle over by Mount Whitney. Um, and yeah, I'm sure like some other big ones. I want to ski the Highline Trail. You want a Highline Trail. Um, I'd love to do like some through hikes on skis. Uh, just... Yeah, a lot more scheming. Ski. Yeah, you know, I'd like to go to the big Alaskan mountains. It's like I remember I went, walked into like IME the other day and the guy was, you know, gave me the numbers, how much it was all going to cost. It's like, dang. <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, dreaming of bigger mountains and bigger things and always trying to find the limit again. I know? love it. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Seriously. All right, guys. Episode 52. That means 52 weeks I've been doing this, which means one year. So from one year, I've gained a title sponsor, I've gained followers, I've gained friends, and I think the storytelling's gotten better. So thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for caring. Sponsors, thank you for paying attention to our little collective and listening to our voice as we try to tell these stories and try to get more in depth and tell realer, more real stories, realer stories. Uh, but again, thank you for listening. I wouldn't be able to do this without listeners. Uh, numbers matter. And you guys listen consistently. So please give any feedback. Let me know. Leave a five-star review. If there's someone you want on the show, please let me know. Uh, I've got some super heavy, heavy hitters. And all my guests are heavies. But I've got Emily Harrington on the show got adrian ballinger on the show um it uh, this is amazing so thank you thank you thank you thank you and uh that's it thank you thank you for being you and keep being you and i appreciate you and we will chat soon <laughs>